What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Kyle, some say it's Thursday. I say it's Dre Day here on this podcast. Welcome. (laughs) Wow, look at that, Joe. That's uh, first dad joke of the podcast, and it took you all 30 seconds to hit it. So congratulations. Oh, our best days are ahead of us for sure, brother, with the the dad jokes. (laughs) So anyway, Dre Harris joining the show. We are thrilled to have you back, man. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. I enjoy being on, guys, and uh, really appreciate you guys extending uh, the opportunity to me, man. Thanks again. I enjoy it. Listen, listen. As much as you enjoyed it, I think the listeners enjoyed it even more because, Joe, we we heard from quite a few Draft Dudes listeners, have Dre on more. Right. Have Dre on again. We're not enough for them anymore, Kyle. Yeah, no, we've spoiled them. And and now, Dre, you you are now officially a Draft Dude. Yep. So oh, man, that's all. now you're part of the part of the gang here. Man, I'm honored, well, listen, man. It's truly an honor. Dre, since you are definitely part of the gang and we've spent weeks now going over these prospects for the 2021 NFL draft and you kind of have in your region that you've been responsible for and presenting players to us and sure. writing reports. I, I, the first question I want to kind of get into it before we start talking about some of those evaluations is. What has this process been like for you? I'm, I'm sure it's a big shift, right? You've been scouting for an NFL team for so many years previously, and now you're on the media side and you know having to deal with guys like myself and Kyle and, and, and Jordan Reed. So how has this process uh, been different for you, and how do you think you've adapted? Now, I, think the, uh, I think the entire deal has been great, man. I'm honored. Uh, I enjoy uh, coming to work and, and being able to talk ball with such, such great guys. I mean, sure – it's different than uh, than actually uh, working for a team, um, but the process has been awesome, man. I couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, you know, sometimes as an area scout, like you, you're not really a part of the high level conversations uh, in terms of picking players and, and things, you know, of that nature. So, you know, it's just great to be involved in it. It's great to work with great guys and just do a different and be involved in just a different aspect of the game. And, and of course, you know, it helps to work with such an awesome group of guys. I mean, I think I'm thankful to Paige for bringing me on. I'm thankful to Kyle for incorporating me in. And I'm just happy to be one of the guys, man. So truly honored, man. Seriously. Wasn't expecting uh, such a glowing review there, Joe. <laughs> no, being I mean- honest, man. Let's Absolutely. ask him the same question next summer. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> yeah, if the answer changes at all, it might. <laughs> well, we've like we, a fine wine or not. We've certainly yeah. enjoyed learning from you, Dre. Man, it's you've been. Um, you've, I've learned a ton from you. The questions that you ask, like I said this when we did the the pod on Tuesday. You know, just knowing that I had to present players, and Dre Harris was going to listen to me present that guy, and that you were going to have a certain amount of questions and. You know, it forced me to be the best version of myself this summer and really scout to a degree where I felt like I was doing everyone justice by taking a thorough look and making sure that when Dre was going to ask me what that player was like in sub or how he was on third down or the kind of unique questions that you brought to the table, man, I think it made for some great discussions this summer. Joe, I really appreciate that, man. You know, I certainly don't uh, claim to have all the answers, man. I mean, but, you know, I think it helps, man, to be able to surround yourself with guys who share the same kind of passion and love ball 
And uh, just to be able to learn from each other, man, I mean, I think there's something we can pull from everybody, um, even if it's what's, what not to, uh, not to do. So it's been an honor, man, and I love working with you guys. Man, it's been great. I couldn't ask for anything more. Well, let's let's switch gears here and dig into some of these players. So, so Dre, you had the Pac-12. You handled some FCS players and uh, split some of the SEC. So our thought process when we divided up the country is we wanted everybody to get certain eyeballs on the SEC so that everybody was seeing this conference, knowing full well that it's such a factory for players uh, coming into the NFL draft cycle each year. But the best player that you graded this summer was Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. And uh, you had some great feedback regarding him when you presented him to the group. Uh, so I guess the, the perception of Penne is that he is this blue chip prospect, this elite player. Is that what you saw when you watched him on tape? You know, I saw a very good player. Uh, certainly uh, there were elements of his game that, she, that he was dominant in. Uh, you know, he's, he's still young. I mean, he's he's 19. Uh, I thought he was a very good football player, nasty, and physically tough. Um, as a finisher, I think he does a good job of getting his second step uh, in, in the ground in the run game. Uh, plays with excellent power. Uh in a phone booth, man, he's got explosive hands. So he has a, he does a, a few things that you love. Um, I thought he did a very good job getting on defenders at the second level. Um, he did have a little bit of trouble, I thought, against Auburn, but but an excellent football player, plug and play starter um, for at least ten years. Um, can easily kick inside and play and play guard. Um, so he had some things that I loved, uh, and the great thing is that he's still a puppy. I mean, he's still young and he's improving and, and the arrow is certainly pointing up uh, with this young player. Uh, Dre, I mean, there's some crazy pub on, on Sewell, you know, that this is one of the best, not just players in the 2021 class, but one of the better offensive tackles that we've seen come out in a long time. I mean, are you ready to put him at that type of a status or, you know, is there more that you want to see from him to really you know, feel comfortable saying those types of things? I think that he's a very good player. I think he's dominant in certain aspects. Um, certainly, he's not a perfect player. You know, I don't think he's a great athlete, um, which is why he'll probably fail at tackle, or not necessarily fail. I mean, but he'll he'll play for a while at at tackle, and he'll end up being a guard at some point. Um, but no, he's a great player. I mean, he's dominant. Um, he's a bit raw as far as, you know, his hand placement, you know, at times, but he definitely has things to improve upon. But I think it's key to remember that he's young, you know, he's not a finished product. And I certainly uh, expect him to improve, uh, as he, uh, as he continues, you know, to, to get reps at the position. Dre, Joe, I want to finish with Dre for, for Panay on this, uh, We've seen some prototypical type players that have had inside-outside experience, and and Brandon Alberts a name to mind. Uh, and Brandon Alberts, a, a player that you have been around pretty closely with your resume as an NFL scout. Can you kind of compare and contrast those two players? And the only reason I ask that is because I know you were very close to Brandon Albert throughout some of his time in Kansas City. 
and having the chance to watch Penne with a fine tooth brush like you did this summer. You know, I think that Brandon was Brandon was a better athlete per se, um, but uh, Sewell is certainly uh, he certainly has the block temperament, the physical toughness, the 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 nastiness, the finisher. He has the temperament and all those things you should ideally covet uh, in your offensive lineman. So um, I would take Sewell um, over BA, um, but uh, both good football players. I mean, but certainly uh, certainly different uh, in that aspect for sure. Dre, I want to talk about Tyson Campbell, this cornerback from Ooh, Georgia, wait. man. I mean, you yeah. this is one of your guys this summer. I mean, he winds up being a top 15 player on our initial 2021 board. And man, you brought this guy to the to the the group and raved about him. So let's uh let's educate the listeners on this Georgia cornerback, Tyson Campbell. Yes, I mean, I think that if you were to construct your prototypical corner, I mean, this player, Tyson Campbell, would have a lot of the attributes you'd ideally want. I mean, he's uh, long. He's got very good reactive uh, athleticism and quickness for a corner with his size. He's got length, um, excellent suddenness uh, in short area, you know, agility for a high-cut guy. You know, usually your high-cut corners, they have more of a challenging time getting out of breaks. But this guy is sudden. He's sudden and fast. But like Sewell in the aspect that he's not a perfect player, um, you definitely like to see him make more plays. You like to see him get his hands on more balls. Um, he does play press uh, most of the time. I mean, so um, it, it, it's harder to have uh, opposing quarterbacks throw at him because he's always um, pressed and, um, and, and usually quarterbacks are going to the soft corner side. Um, but he's, he's, a, he's a very good player has all the physical attributes that you want. I just got to see him take that next step. And uh, certainly the arrow is pointing up for this player, you you know, as well. I think they they cover three teams like San Francisco, Seattle, who cover bigger, longer press guys. They may, uh, they'll they'll see a few of the same things. Um, But I do like the size, the length, and all the things that you'd ideally put into your top top flight corner. I just want to see him take that next step. Um, this upcoming season for sure. So we think about, Dre, you talked about the long press physical corners and Tyson Campbell is kind of cut from the same cloth. Um, If you were to to look back across your scouting experience, are there any corners that you remember scouting when you were at the pro level um, that, that maybe echoed some of the same things that you see with Tyson? I know that's, that's kind of a very vague question, but just listening to you talk about, you know, both in our scouting meetings and here and now, uh, and knowing that the NFL tends to gravitate towards, and we've seen so many more bigger corners in recent years. Uh, is there anybody that comes to mind when you think about Tyson Campbell and his skill set? Mm. You know, it's tough because people often like to compare every corner who's six six one six two and has mm-hmm. led you know to certain guys who are playing now you know to have that same uh, uh you know the same height height voice speed uh skill set but this is a player that is unique in terms of he has a lot of short area quickness usually with guys who are longer and taller that are high cut they usually aren't as sudden in a short area but this guy has that so from that aspect i think he's uh, he's a unique player 
in terms of a player with that kind of length, uh, with that kind of size and that kind of speed and short area uh, reactive athleticism. I mean, so um, there isn't anyone that comes to mind uh, offhand. I mean, certainly there are corners who are longer and taller, you know, Sherman, you know, and those guys, but they they weren't, I mean, Sherm certainly wasn't as sudden uh, in a short area as, uh, as, as Tyson Campbell is. I mean, so I would definitely um, have to think more. I mean, but, but there's, there isn't anyone that comes to mind offhand uh, in terms of somebody that looks uh, like Tyson Campbell does for sure. And, and that's why, you know, because I've heard you say that before, that's why we're buying so hard on Tyson Campbell, right? Because it's, it's, it's the raw athleticism that he has at that stature that really makes him flash off the screen at you. Sure. Sure. I mean, and, and again, I think you definitely uh, would like to see him make more plays in the passing game. Um, but this is a guy who can play man. He can play zone. He can press. He can play off. He can stab at the line of scrimmage. He does a lot of the things that you like. You just would like to see him do it um, on a more consistent uh, basis and ultimately reaches uh, reaches his potential. Dre, there's this quarterback from North Dakota State. Name is Trey Lance. You know all about him. This guy yeah. goes out, completes 67% of his passes, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions, 1,100 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns. The production's off the charts. What type of a pro prospect do you see in Trey Lance? Trey Lance is a really good football player. This is another guy who's very young. I think he'll be a redshirt sophomore uh, this fall. He's still a uh, still a puppy. I mean, but uh, one one most out, outstanding player in the FCS championship, and one of the most important aspects for me for a quarterback is is winning. Um, this is a guy that can extend plays. He's mobile both in and out of the pocket. I thought he made good decisions uh, with the football. He showed poise under pressure. Um, his short to intermediate accuracy is ahead of his deep ball from a consistency standpoint at this stage. Um, but no real issues um, in that regard for me. Uh, knows when to throw a heater, knows when to throw a touch. Um, exciting player and really looking forward to watching him take the next step um, this fall. Um, he has to learn to learn when to get down and not take uh, so many clean hits. I mean, but other than that, man, He's got a really high ceiling. I think he can play in a lot of different type of schemes, uh, can do the zone read stuff. He can play in the drop back. Um, so he, he's going to have a lot of the attributes uh, that uh, the offensive coordinators are going to love. Dre, that, that commentary about him protecting himself. Jill, I don't know if you remember this, but when Dre was talking about watching Trey and he said, he, I charted – four games and I didn't chart a single slide. Yep. You remember that was, and when we talked at the top of the show about getting additional points of view and, and asking questions that we ourselves wouldn't think to ask, you know, we've had a, a number of great conversations and, and one like that to actually go out of your way to chart and account for slides versus head first or not sliding at all and taking a body blow. Like that's just one very small example of a different perspective that Dre and your eye brings to our group that 
Joe and I have been doing this for a long time as well, not at the professional level, but we've been doing it together for what, Joe, five years? And we've never had that conversation to say, yeah, man, like he goes head first every time or he doesn't go down at all. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I was able to learn uh, how to be very detailed. Uh, I worked for uh, one of the most detailed people I've ever met in Scott Pioli. And so you learn to chart things that you don't necessarily think of. I mean, but your best ability is always availability. And the quarterback position is unique in and of itself in terms of it's the one position that if you get that right, it sends shockwaves throughout the entire organization. I mean, guys get extended. Uh, guys can have jobs for a long time if you get the quarterback position right. So you need to understand that when you are the quarterback, you have a lot of people's futures in your hands. You have to learn to protect yourself. You have to learn to take care of the football. Yes, and it's high pressure. It's it's uh it's it's putting a lot of pressure on that particular role. I mean, but that's also why you all are paid the big bucks. You know, so um, that is certainly an aspect that he needs to improve upon. Um, but uh, good player, man. Um, good player has a little. A lot of the things that you'll cover in your uh, in your quarterbacks. Now, uh, Trey Lance has this left tackle, Dylan Rad. Is it Radunes uh, that wind up being a a top thirty player on our board? Number three tackle entering the season. I know we that fought he, about this guy. Yeah, it, it's so, just because of Wyatt Davis, but we still fought about him. <laughs> so exactly, yeah. Wyatt Davis and Dylan Radunes were were interesting guys to slot on the board. Uh, Dre, why are you so high on Radunes entering the year? I really like the player, man. I think that you'd want your offensive lineman to have a certain block temperament, and he's nasty. He's one of my favorite players in the draft, man. He's a good finisher. He's nasty. Uh, Now, the level of competition, of course, will be uh, an area of concern in terms of being able to get those questions answered. Uh, but he was dominant at the FCS level. And then that's certainly what you want to see if you're looking for guys uh, that are playing with a lower level of competition per se. Um, but he's, he, you know, again, he's physical, he's tough, he's nasty, he's good in the phone booth. He's got good length on the per- uh, perimeter. Uh, he's got good balance and body control. He can redirect laterally. Um, he just needs to get a little stronger, um, but he's a very good player and, uh, I think that once he goes through the process and proves that he can play with other of the big names at the Senior Bowl, this is a player that could easily uh, be a first-round draft pick and play for a long time in the National Football League. Yeah, man, I remember another small school kid, even smaller level of competition than this. And granted, he didn't play tackle, but Ali Marpet came through the Senior Bowl process and he finds his way to Tampa, and he's you know one of the most steady, consistent, high-level off interior offensive linemen in all of football. And he played at Hobart College, so you know there there's a lot of debate about level of competition, and, and events like the Senior Bowl are always invaluable to see these guys bang heads with the guys who played at the Alabamas and LSU and uh, Ohio States of the world. But man, at the end of the day, if you can play, you can play. And sure. functional strength, that's something that, you know, we've seen time and time again. Guys can grow into their strength, Dre, and, and that's a conversation that we've had with a number of guys this past year. But just really enjoyed hearing that aspect, especially because I know we 
so many times on this show from our listeners get questions about level of competition. Yeah, I mean, you would like to see uh, see him play against something similar to what he see uh, uh, next level. I mean, but again, like you can't you can't control uh, the opponents uh, that you're faced with. All you can do is play uh, play them. And uh, you would like to see them be as dominant um, as possible when they do play. Um, so he's someone who certainly stood out uh, and uh, and was dominant. Um, he has a lot of the foundational things that I like in terms of you know his length, his toughness, um, and uh, I think that this is a player that once the process, uh, once he goes through the process, he will be a very popular name for sure. Dre, one of the guys that seemed to be polarizing over the summer was Jamie Newman, the Wake Forest transfer. He heads over to Georgia. And yeah. I know your initial run through his tape didn't inspire much, right? You were kind of low on him and then you kind of went back to him and, and saw some more and, you know, that helped form your opinion of him. But, you know, he's not necessarily a player right now that I feel like you are ready to pound the table for as anything like a first rounder. So kind of, let us know where you settled in on, on Newman, who, you know, seemed to be a, a challenging evaluation. Yeah, this this was a tough evaluation for me um, in terms of the thing that's really important for the quarterback position. You can't underestimate fit and and have the right kind of kinds of uh, opportunities. I think it's the one position where um, fit is very, very important. I mean, so, you know, Obviously, I was very low on him, and it's still very early um, in the process. I mean, but uh, but I did think that he had redeeming attributes in terms of he had good size, he had some arm strength, and he has uh, he was a good athlete. But I thought he was really inconsistent from a mechanic standpoint. I thought his footwork uh, needed to improve. Um, had some accuracy issues down the field, which is probably tied to his uh, his mechanics and his footwork. Um, seeing how he plays in the SEC will certainly be important for him. He's not a, a polished player by any stretch of the imagination, but, but, but he does have size. He does have arm strength, and he is a good athlete. But being a good athlete doesn't always translate to being a good quarterback. And so I do think he has some redeeming value in terms of his athleticism, but he is far from a polished and far from a finished product for sure. So, Dre, what did you see on the second watch through that helped you reconcile with some of what your initial concerns were? Well, I still had the concerns. I absolutely mm-hmm. do. Um, but in a similar fashion, I think about Jalen Hurts, right? I always went back to Hurts, and, and Hurts got drafted, you know, in two this past year. And I thought that Hurts had some accuracy issues down the field. You know, I don't think that you'd ever confuse him with being a very accurate passer from the pocket. Um, but he had a lot of intangible things, you know, uh, and and he went, you know, in two. So um, I just saw some of the redeeming attributes in terms of his size. He had some orange strength. He was a good athlete. But being able to throw it hard doesn't always mean – or doesn't always translate to being a good quarterback. I think that that is the position that you you have to have a, a unique kind of skill set and have the right fit um, to to uh, to bring those uh, those attributes 
out of you. So it wouldn't be surprising to see an offensive coordinator think that he can fix his issues and be able to use him in the right system, in the right fit. Um, but I do think there's much to be desired, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of this player. So, well, the draft dudes listeners asked, and Dre Harris delivered. Everybody <laughs> said, "Bring Dre back. We want to hear more from Dre." Dre, we're going to have to do this again. I don't know what your schedule looks like next week, but let's probably plan on if you're available and you didn't hate this experience. I'm going to leave it up to you. Going. Did you hate it? You coming back next week? You tell me. Man, I absolutely love this experience, man. I, I enjoy coming to work with guys who are so passionate about ball. And anytime you guys uh, extend the invitation, I will certainly accept it. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, I absolutely enjoyed it. I mean, Joe and Kyle are two of my favorite guys, man. And uh, for those of you who are listening, don't forget to follow me. Uh, I'm trying to improve my status on Twitter. Uh, so don't forget to follow me at Cover Corner 47. That's at Cover Corner 47. And uh, yeah, man, I am uh, glad to be here. Thank you very much. Just three guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast, as they say. That is going to do it for us today on the show. Uh, we really appreciate you guys carving some time out of your day and listening in. We do hope that you will hit subscribe, listen along through us. Uh, we are coming up on the start of uh, training camps. we got a couple weeks left before they put the pads on as we get into this ramp-up process. Uh, but we're going to be examining these teams with a microscope, all 32, and and looking at you know some of the critical questions and the strengths and weaknesses and what you as a fan of each of your teams uh, should expect to see this season. So take that ride with us. And, of course, every day is draft day. It's always draft season here with the Draft Network and the Draft Dudes podcast. So come on back for some more college prospect evaluation talk and more, best of all, Dre Harris. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Dre Harris, signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening, guys.